Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, October 24th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks in Asia tumble as China's Xi Jinping stacks his leadership ranks with loyalists. Rishi Sunak moves closer to becoming UK's next prime minister. UK bonds rally on the hopes for fiscal responsibility from Sunak. And a big week for earnings with Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft all reporting. New York had $62 million to make the city's subway system safer. Plus, Ukraine denies Russia's warning of a Dirty bomb from Key. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Yankee season is over. Swept by the Astros. They'll play the Phillies of the World Series. The Jets and Giants keep winning. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good Monday morning. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 16 points. Dow futures down 121. And NASDAQ futures down 65. The 10-year Treasury up 330 seconds. Yield 4.20%. And the yield on the two-year, 4.48%. Amy. Karen, stocks are coming off their best week since June. U.S. central bankers say the next phase in their campaign to curb inflation will be debate on how to raise rates and when to slow the pace of increases. Lamar Villery is a partner and portfolio manager at Villery & Company and says a Fed pivot is key for sentiment. It just would kind of give everybody, a, a, I think, a, a sense of confidence that you know we're out of this Uber hike uh, environment and potentially, you know, yeah, if, if you know, if we get inflation under control and the, and the economy slows down, potentially you could see uh, some rate cuts next year. Lamar Villery at Villery & Company says there's even a chance the Fed does not raise rates in December. Well, outside of the Fed, Amy, the focus this week is mainly on earnings. We get a slew of big tech companies reporting. And here with a preview is Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It's a huge week as we hear from names that will include Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft, Meta Platforms, Amazon, and Intel. Dan Ives is with Wedbush Securities. I think it's most important tech earnings season potentially in the last two years. Because of what's happened overall demand store in terms of the macro, Tech needs to prove that the resilience is there. And not just tech this week. Other big names include ExxonMobil, 3M, Ford, Boeing, and Coca-Cola, among many, many others. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, Charlie. In Asia, over the weekend, it was all about politics. President Xi Jinping started his third term by stacking China's most powerful body with his allies. The move gives him unfettered control over the world's second largest economy. Speaking to the party's gathering on Sunday, Xi committed to reforming and opening up the economy. Here he is speaking through an interpreter. China's economy has great resilience, potential, and latitude. 
Its strong fundamentals will not change, and it will remain on a positive trajectory over the long run. China will open its doors ever wider. We will step fast over deepening reform and opening up across the board. Markets did not react favorably to Xi Jinping's move to stack his leadership ranks with loyalists. China's currency weakened and the country's stocks tumbled to the lowest level since 2008. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. It's a sharp rebuke to one-man rule, a break from collective leadership over the past many decades. It means more policies staked on COVID-0 and state-owned enterprises. Alibaba, JD.com, and Tencent all down 8 to 12 percent during the session. Meantime, China's long-delayed data showed mixed recovery in the third quarter. Unemployment rose and retail sales weakened in September. Third quarter GDP up 3.9 percent, better than the 3.3 percent estimate. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, Brian. Staying in Asia now, former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers is weighing in on policy in Japan, and he is watching financial developments out of Tokyo, given the potential for difficulties if the country abandons its pegged bond yield policy. There's been a lot of borrowing money uh, in Japan to finance things all over the world. And so if Japanese interest rates uh, start to change, uh, that could be a pretty big deal. Former Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers made the comments on Bloomberg's Wall Street Week. Catch that program every week, Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, in Europe this morning, Amy, the political action is still front and center. Rishi Sunak has taken a big step toward becoming the next prime minister of the U.K. And let's go live to London and get the latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Karen and Amy. We should know the name of Britain's next Prime Minister later today. Former Chancellor Rishi Sunak is the clear favourite to take over as the country's fifth leader in less than seven years. His only remaining opponent, Penny Mordaunt, is yet to get the 100 endorsements from lawmakers needed to make the final runoff. Boris Johnson, who cut short his holiday in the Caribbean to fly back to the UK, now says it's not the right time to enter the race. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, you. And oil is lower to begin the week right now. NYMEX crude is just down 2%. President Biden's top energy advisor, Amos Hochstein, is taking aim at OPEC, saying that OPEC's recent output cut was largely a political move. Nobody can argue that it was warranted for any economic reason. And even OPEC, when they announce a 2 million, then they say, well, we're not actually going to cut 2 million. We're just going to cut 900. And then you look a little deeper and it's really just about 500. So the impact on the market is not going to be as significant. Uh, so this was more of a big political statement. Emma Soxstein making those comments on CBS's Face the Nation. Catch that program every Sunday here on Bloomberg Radio. Well, speaking of political moves, Amy, the January 6th hearings on Capitol Hill are back in focus. Co-chair of the January 6th committee, Liz Cheney, says Donald Trump will not be allowed to testify live on television before the committee. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has that story. Cheney says Donald Trump will not be allowed to turn any testimony before the committee into a circus. This isn't going to be, you know, his first debate uh, against Joe Biden and the circus and the food fight that that became. This this is far too serious set of issues. And we've made clear uh, exactly what his obligations are. Cheney on NBC, as heard on Bloomberg, says a level of discipline and vigor that the hearing deserves will be observed. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. And S&P futures lower, down about 15 points. Dow futures down 104. NASDAQ futures down 59. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. 
Thank you, Karen. 507 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. New York Governor Kathy Hochul and Mayor Eric Adams say they will bolster spending on the city's subway system. They plan to add $62 million to deploy more police officers and removing severely mentally ill homeless people amid a series of high-profile killings and other crimes on the transit system. Hochul and Adams acknowledged that riders continue to feel threatened using the largest mass transit system in the U.S. In one recent attack, the NYPD is searching for a man seen pushing another man onto the subway tracks in an unprovoked attack and then running away. The victim, David Martin, suffered a broken collarbone and swollen face. I'm from New York and love New York and always felt safe taking the train. And now at 32 years old, I no longer feel safe, and that's that's not fair, and that's not okay. The announcement comes nine months after Hochul and Adams unveiled a subway safety plan. Governor Hochul and her Republican challenger, Lee Zeldin, will face off Tuesday in their one and only debate before Election Day. Hochul, who once held a double-digit lead over Zeldin, has only a four-percentage-point edge, according to the latest Quinnipiac University poll. However, a Siena College poll gave Hochul an 11-point lead released on the same day. Bail reform has become a major issue in the campaign. Ahead of the November midterm elections, new polling shows that both parties have their areas of strength, but Republicans are starting to open up a gap on some of the big issues, including inflation, crime, issues around the economy. Mark Short, the former chief of staff to Vice President Mike Pence, says Republicans are going to win in November because it is a referendum on Joe Biden. It's clear that Donald Trump had a huge influence over the primary. He has a core base of roughly 30 percent. And a lot of the candidates he championed won with 30, 32, 33 percent in this primary. Mark Short spoke on ABC's This Week, which can be heard Sundays on Bloomberg. Russia's defense chief has alleged that Ukraine was preparing a provocation involving a radioactive device. Stark claim that was strongly rejected by U.S., Ukrainian, and British officials. Russia repeatedly has made allegations that Ukraine could detonate a dirty bomb and blame it on Moscow. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, Amy. All right, thank you, Michael. 509 on Wall Street. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Amy. For so much of the summer, there was talk of maybe a Subway World Series in New York. Instead, the World Series will be the Phillies against the Astros starting Friday in Houston. The Astros still haven't lost to the postseason. Early on at the stadium, it looked like the Yankees might stay alive. They led 3-0, and after yet another Harrison Bader home run, they were up 5-4 to in the seventh inning, but the Astros scored twice. Game tying hit by Jordan Alvarez off Jonathan Loisega. Go ahead hit by Alex Bregman off Clay Holmes. And the Astros won six to five for the series sweep and their fourth pennant in the last six years. Aaron Judge made the final out. It ended his historic home run hitting season. Did it end his career with the Yankees? He'll be a free agent. Earlier on a rainy day in Philly, the Phillies trailed the Padres in the eighth inning. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. And it is gone. Yes. It is bedlam.
problem at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. WIP the call. Harper and the Phillies won 4-3, to three, won the NLCS 4-1. to one. While baseball season in New York is over, football is alive and well. Giants and Jets both won for the fourth week in a row. Both on the road, the Giants with yet another comeback to win 23-17 to 17 in Jacksonville. They had to hold on at the end, had to hold on to the Jabs wide receiver at the one-yard line on the final play. The Jets won 16-9 in Denver. Giants and Jets have combined to play seven road games. They are 7-0 in them. At the Garden, Rangers lost to Columbus 5-1. Islanders lost at Florida 3-2. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Amy? All right, thank you, John. Checking the futures now. S&P futures down 13. Dow futures down 91. NASDAQ futures down 54. Ten-year treasury up 6.30 seconds. The yield at 4.19%. Much more still to come on Bloomberg Daybreak. Stay with us on this Monday morning. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks in Europe pairing gains and U.S. futures are declining as a rout in Chinese shares weighs on sentiment while investors wait the next for the next batch of earnings from some of the world's biggest companies. Treasury yields are dipping. The dollar is gaining. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down about 20 points this morning. Dow futures down 142. NASDAQ futures down 78. The DAX in Germany is up a third of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 7.30 seconds. Yield 4.18 percent. The yield on the two-year, 4.47 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 2.1 percent on $1.75 at $83.31 a barrel. COMEX gold down a quarter percent or $4.10 at $16.52.20 an ounce. The euro, 0.9830 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1314. The yen, 149.35. And looking at Bitcoin, it's down 9 tenths percent at $19,300. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Former British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says he will not run to lead the Conservative Party, ending intense speculation about a comeback. Johnson, who was ousted in July amid ethics scandals, was a wild card to replace Liz Truss, who quit last week. His withdrawal leaves former Treasury Chief Rishi Sunak the strong favorite to be Britain's next Prime Minister. In baseball, it will be the Astros against the Phillies in the World Series. The Yankees were swept by Houston Sunday in the ALCS in Game 4, 6-5. The Phillies beat the Padres 4-3 to win the NLCS four games to one. In football, the Giants, Jets, Commanders all won. The 49ers lost. In the NBA, the Wizards lost. The Warriors won. In the NHL, the Islanders and Rangers lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Amy.
All right. Thank you, Michael. It is 520 on Wall Street. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And we're joined now by Dennis Gartman, University of Akron Endowment Chairman and former publisher of the Gartman Letter. Dennis, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time with us this morning. Um, you have predicted this market will be getting uglier in coming weeks. You've been bearish for a while. What could possibly change your mind? The only thing that will change my mind is if the Fed changes its mind, and I don't think the Fed has any intention of changing its mind at this point. The Fed has lost a great deal of credibility, and it's trying to re-earn its credibility back. It's said that it's going to continue to tighten monetary policy. We know that the Fed has a, a great job to do, a difficult job to do, with reducing the size of its balance sheet, which has gone from $900 million to $9 trillion over the course of the last uh, several years. And the Fed has said that it's going to allow the, the – uh, balance sheet to roll off by about $95 billion a month. It has to continue to do that, and I think that the Fed has made it abundantly clear that it's going to tighten monetary policy and allow the overnight Fed funds rate to go to at least 75 basis points in the the impending November meeting, and I think they're going to take it another 50 basis points at the December meeting. After that, they may stop and see what happens, but uh, I think uh, the major trend is still downward. You've had a nice technical bounce. Technical bounces are to be expected after the kind of selling that we'd seen in, in September and October. I think this bounce shall not last very much longer, and I think that the overnight uh, response that we've seen from China with uh, Hong Kong down almost 6% puts a, puts a top to the market for the, for the near term. So I've been very bearish since basically Dece- December 31st of last year, and I continue to be bearish. I think you should use strength to, to reduce the size of your positions and, and, and raise cash. So okay, I hope you, I'm clear. You, you are, and you made a lot of points in there. I want to ask about a couple of them, especially that yeah. bounce that we've seen in the past week. You don't think this one could have more staying power than the one we saw a month ago? It may have a little bit more staying power. We've gone up a little bit. We've, we've gone up on, on a little bit better volume, which I pay attention to. I, I, I don't tend to. I don't tend to take, pay much attention to technicals all the time, mm-hmm. but I watch to see how markets respond to, if they're rising on stronger volume than they're falling. That, that's impressive, and, and this one has done, has done a little bit better than the, than the rally that we saw previously. I don't think it has a great good deal more strength to follow through. I thought the, I, I, I thought we'd get to 3,800, maybe 3,850 on the S&P. We've gotten to 3,812. That's close enough for folk music, as I like to use, as I used to say, <laughs> close enough for government work. So I think that we probably have run most of the uh, upside out of the market at this point. Now, as far as as far as the Fed's increasing rates, the conventional wisdom yeah. had been sort of anticipating that they would stop increasing rates maybe in the first half of next year and perhaps not even see a rate increase in December. But you're not convinced. Why is that? I think we still continue to see inflationary pressures abundantly obvious around the around the country. Food prices continue to rise. Car prices are rising. Uh, home prices, Home prices at least have stopped for a while because of the rise in interest rates. But inflationary pressures seem to be abundant and, and evident and extant and continue. I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. Look at what grain prices have been doing. They've been going from the lower left to the upper right. Look at what livestock prices have been doing. They've been going from the lower left to the upper right. And even crude oil prices have stopped going down and have started to turn for the better, uh, turning to the upside. So I think inflationary pressures continue to be abundant, continue to be evident, continue to be uh, detrimental to the economy generally. And I think the Fed wants to continue to fight that. So. Will they will they raise rates in, in, in 2023? I have my doubts as to whether they'll raise rates, but I think once they get to another 125 basis points higher, 
it'll be a long time before they before they pivot. I think it'll be a year or more before they even consider pivoting. So anybody who hopes that the Fed is going to pivot and stop uh, tightening and start to ease, I think you can put that aside for several years. All right. Dennis, we have about a minute here. Uh, just what do you recommend? What are our next steps? I think the, the recommendation is to continue to raise cash. Uh, two-year notes at uh, four and a quarter percent seem to be a good place to hide money for a while. Raise cash, reduce the size of your positions in the, in the equities market, use strength to become less involved. And uh, if you have to be involved, look for high dividend payers that, that have had substantive, uh, that, have, that have paid their dividends for years in, in, in the past and are well covered. So be careful. I've said that for months. I'm going to continue to say it. Be careful out there. Raise cash and, and, and be less involved. Very briefly, what do you think about gold? Very briefly. I think it wants to go higher. I think Friday was a reversal day to the upside. You made a new low. You turned higher on the day, and I think gold wants to go higher from here. That's perfect. Dennis Gartman, University of Akron Endowment Chairman, former publisher of the Gartman Letter. It is always a privilege to get your insights, sir. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And we much more still to come on Bloomberg Daybreak. Checking the markets now. S&P futures down 21 points. Dow futures down 151 points. NASDAQ futures down just about 79 points. The 10-year Treasury up 6.30 seconds. The 10-year yield at 4.19%. The 2-year yield 4.48%. Still ahead on this Monday morning edition of Bloomberg Daybreak Markets, the latest news in business, economics, and finance. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by the New York Community Trust. Your name will live on as a champion of the causes you care about for years to come through a charitable bequest to the New York Community Trust. Learn more at philanthropist.nyc. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Amy Morris. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by SEI, built on advanced technologies and 50 years of innovation. SEI offers asset managers a comprehensive and flexible operations outsourcing platform. Go to SEIC.com slash managers. And we're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. U.S. futures are lower this morning as we begin a new trading week. Stocks are coming off their biggest weekly gains since June. The action this morning is in Asia. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index dropped 6.8%, and stocks in China fell almost 3% after President Xi Jinping's move to stack his leadership ranks with loyalists. We get more from Bloomberg's Stephen Engel in Hong Kong. We speculated whether she would continue on with the practice of essentially stacking the standing committee uh, with people from different factions. So in this case, some of the Hu Jintao protégés. But it proved on Sunday uh, when they rolled out his other six members on the standing committee, there was nobody from the other factions. They were all loyalists to Xi Jinping. He stacked the deck. And Bloomberg's Stephen Engels said the story is playing out in currency markets. The yuan weakened to a 14-year low this morning. Let's turn to Europe now, where Rishi Sunak has taken a big step toward becoming the next prime minister of the U.K. Boris Johnson has pulled out of the race. Sunak won the endorsement of Chancellor Jeremy Hunt. Still, Bloomberg's Stephen, or rather Ben Sill, says Sunak faces many challenges. He himself um, 
was blamed by a large faction of the party for bringing down Johnson in July when he quit on that, that dramatic evening. Um, so there's a lot of resentment, a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, rancor built up over the years. So that's going to be the real tough ask for him. And of course, he's going to have to do it steering the economy through this brutal, brutal winter of energy, energy shortages. Bloomberg's Ben Sill says Sunak has gained the public support of several key Tory figures. Well, back here in the U.S., Amy, it's a busy week for earnings with big tech leading the way. Tomorrow we'll hear from Microsoft, Meta Platforms, and Twitter report on Wednesday, and Apple and Amazon post results Thursday. In corporate news, Tesla cut the price of its cars in China by about 5% as it ramps up production at its Shanghai factory. The move partly reverses price hikes imposed earlier this year. And futures this morning are lower. S&P futures down 20 points. Dow futures down 148. NASDAQ futures down 77. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. 533 now on Wall Street. We bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. New York will add $62 million to the city subway system. Governor Hochul and Mayor Eric Adams say they are deploying more police officers and removing severely mentally ill homeless people amid a series of high-profile killings and other crimes on the transit system. It comes as Hochul and her Republican opponent, Lee Zeldin, will debate tomorrow on the governorship, on issues such as crime and bail reform. Russia's defense minister called his counterparts in the U.K., France, and Turkey warning of a drift toward uncontrolled escalation in Ukraine and the potential for Kyiv to detonate a radioactive dirty bomb. The U.S. called the allegation transparently false. Meanwhile, Ukrainian forces continue to liberate villages as the war drags on for close to eight months. ABC talked to Ukrainian Colonel General Oleksandr Shursky about the war so far. Shursky through a translator. Of course we are winning, and uh, it's important that we are winning mentally. We know what we are fighting for, uh, but still, this war is very hard. General Shersky says they are concerned about Russia's continuous nuclear saber-rattling. Russian President Vladimir Putin was quick to congratulate Xi Jinping yesterday after the Chinese leader secured a third term as head of the country's ruling Communist Party. Disgraced movie producer Harvey Weinstein stands trial in Los Angeles starting today for allegedly sexually assaulting women. Dozens of his alleged victims say Judgment Day is overdue for a serial predator. Harvey, you messed with the wrong women. We will see you here in Los Angeles, where hopefully your conviction will leave you in jail for life. Weinstein is already serving a 23-year sentence in New York State for similar charges. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time now for the Sports Report brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Steshauer. All right, Amy. Yankee fans had high hopes after a tremendous first half of the season. Second half not nearly as good. And the postseason 
Big disappointment. Not only losing in the ALCS to the Astros, third time in the last six years, but getting swept. Houston finished the sweep at the stadium, 6-5. to five. Yanks finally scored some runs. Harrison Bader hit his fifth home run of the postseason. Yanks led 5-4. to four. The Astros then scored twice in the seventh inning. Several Yanks had a rough series. Josh Donaldson. 13 at-bats, 10 strikeouts. Aaron Judge just one for 16. And now Judge, after his record-breaking 62 home run season, becomes a free agent. It's all going to run through my agent. You know, I haven't even, haven't even thought about the next step yet. Um, you know, but like I said, we got we got time to figure it out. Um, you know, I've never been in this spot before, so I really don't have an answer for you. Phillies, surprise winners of the National League. Bryce Harper, game-winning two-run homer in the eighth inning to beat San Diego 4-3, to win the NLCS 4-1. to World Series starts Friday in Houston. Giants and Jets keep winning for both. Four wins in a row, both unbeaten on the road. Giants won in Jacksonville 23-17. to Both Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones ran for over 100 yards. The Jets won 16-9 in Denver. Rookie Breeze Hall had an early 62-yard touchdown. Later, he hurt his knee. It's believed to be a season-ending torn ACL. Big NFL story, the struggles of Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Both NFC teams with legendary quarterbacks are 3-4. and four. Packers' third straight loss, beaten by Washington. Tom Brady and the Bucks done 21-3 at Carolina. Rangers and Islanders both lost. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Amy. All right, thank you, John. It's 537 on Wall Street. Time now for the Tri-State Business Report. Here with that is Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Some big price cuts on real estate if you can close fast. President of New Jersey Realtors Robert White says inventory is growing. White is also a broker with Caldwell Banker Spring Lake, and he says he's seeing price cuts for adult communities. The auto group says the largest supply of unsold homes in Jersey is in the one to two and a half million dollar range. Insurers in Connecticut spend 20% more to cover administrative costs of medical claims in the second year of the pandemic. That's according to a new government report card on the industry. And Casa Cruz in the headlights. Vogue calls the East 61st Street Dining Room New York's most glamorous new restaurant. But the New York Post says its staff has been trying to book a table there for weeks and their calls haven't been returned. A paper has claimed that Casa Cruz is strictly a private club for wealthy investors who pay big bucks to join something Casa Cruz is push back on. With the Tri-State Business Report, I'm Denise Pellegrini. All right. Thank you, Denise. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Podisk on KNX in Los Angeles. We're talking about top business economists saying if we're not already in a recession, we likely will be soon. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KTRH in Houston. A majority of working Americans feel behind on retirement savings. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WCCO in Minneapolis, I'm reporting that Hormel Foods is in talks to take a bite out of an Indonesian snack food maker. I'm Jeff Bellinger, and on WBC in Boston, I'm reporting that a casket made by an Andover, Massachusetts company shows up in a Taylor Swift video. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on Conservative Party heavyweights lining up to support Rishi Sunak in the leadership race. I'm Denise Pellegrini and on WWJ in Detroit, I'm reporting on General Motors' new drive to get workers back to the office. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. 
This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. The Federal Reserve is among the world's most powerful institutions. When its policymakers act, they have immense potential to move markets. It should be obvious, then, that Fed officials need to carefully weigh when and where they speak. Apparently, it's not obvious enough. Earlier this month, the president of the St. Louis Fed spoke at a private event that Citigroup, a bank overseen by the Fed, had arranged for for a select group of clients. His comments reportedly touched on monetary policy and financial stability, topics that could hardly be of greater importance. Fed officials shouldn't be permitted to share their views on monetary policy in a closed forum, let alone one arranged by a for-profit enterprise the central bank is supposed to be regulating. The Federal Reserve should ensure that no policymaker is giving away what rightly belongs to the public. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash Opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Bloomberg Opinion editorials can be heard every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks in Europe are pairing their gains, and U.S. stock index futures are on the decline as a rout in Chinese shares weighs on sentiment. While investors await the next batch of earnings from some of the world's biggest companies, Treasury yields are dipping. The dollar is gaining. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down nine points. Dow futures down 66. NASDAQ futures down 42. The DAX in Germany is now up half percent. The 10-year Treasury up 630 seconds. The yield 4.19 percent. The yield on the two-year 4.48 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 1.7 percent at $1.43 at $83.62 a barrel. COMEX gold down a third of a percent or $5.50 at 16 50, 80 an ounce. The euro, 0.9816 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1316. And the yen, 149.46. And looking at Bitcoin, it's down about 7 tenths percent at $19,370. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. The U.S. and two of its allies are accusing Russia's defense minister of making false allegations after he claimed that Ukraine was planning to use a so-called dirty bomb on its own soil. In baseball, it will be the Astros against the Phillies in the World Series. The Yankees were struck by Houston Sunday in the ALCS in Game 4, 6-5. The Phillies beat the Padres 4-3 to win the NLCS four games to one. In football, the Giants, Jets, and Commanders all won. The 49ers lost. In the NBA, the Wizards lost. The Warriors won. In the NHL, the Islanders and Rangers lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barn. This is Bloomberg Gaming.
All right. Thank you, Michael. It is 549 on Wall Street. Time to check in with uh, Bloomberg Government. We're joined now by Bloomberg Executive Editor for International Government, Roz Matheson. Roz, it's a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. A lot happened over the weekend. Could you bring us up to speed on where things stand now in the run for UK Prime Minister? Well, we might actually have a result uh, as soon as today and the news of who the new UK Prime Minister might be. We were looking at a race of three. Uh, that included the former Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, but he announced last night that he was not going to put his name into the race. That says there were doubts about whether he had enough support from the Tory lawmaker ranks to put his name on the ballot. So now we're down to Rishi Sunak, uh, the former Chancellor, uh, and Penny Mordaunt, who's the leader of the House of Commons uh, for the Tory party, uh, those two going head-to-head. We know that Rishi Sunak has enough backing from Tory lawmakers to get on the ballot. Uh, there's been a wave of endorsements for him this morning. There's some doubt over whether Penny Mordaunt would actually get enough uh, to, to put her name in officially. She says she's still in the race. She says she's getting the numbers, but that remains to be seen. Either way, we could get to a point this evening uh, where there's either a vote amongst Tory lawmakers uh, between the two or she simply doesn't get enough to get on the ballot. So we could actually get a result this evening, and it's looking at this stage definitely favourable towards Rishi Sunak becoming the new UK Prime Minister. Whoever the person is who takes over this party and who wins is going to have a full plate. I mean, trying to bring unity to the party. What has to happen for this person, whoever it is, to be successful? Well, there's a lot, as you say. I mean, yeah. the, the starting point is simply that the Tory party has been essentially tearing itself apart publicly for months now. Uh, there's been a high level of sniping uh, between different factions in the Tory party disagreements, a bruising leadership contest before even this round, uh, and of course the sudden resignation of Liz Truss as Prime Minister. So there's a lot there for a new leader to do in terms of just trying to stop uh, what is essentially a civil war going on inside the Tory party. So you've got to do that. Then you've actually got a bunch of economic challenges on your plate that require quick attention, reversing uh, all of what Liz Truss's economic policies were, working out what tax policy is, health spending, defence spending, uh, pensions, uh, obviously tax tax rates now going forward. And then, of course, there's the UK externally. Uh, what's its role in supporting Ukraine still against Russia? What's its policy on China? What are relations like with the US as trade tensions rise across Europe? So there's a very, very full plate there for whoever gets uh, in the chair. And all of that really is quite urgent. Uh, so none of it really can be put off till later. So we only have about a minute here, but what are you watching for, particularly now that Boris Johnson's not in the running? Could he still have a little influence, some influence over whomever occupies number 10? Well, certainly he does have a level of support still amongst Tory lawmakers and and more importantly, sort of amongst Tory members as a whole and the voting electorate. And that's something to bear in mind is what is the role of Boris Johnson going forward? He's still a member of Parliament, does he bide his time for a potential later comeback? Who does he throw his support behind? Um, he could be quite a disruptive presence because, of course, he and Sunak had a very uh, nasty public falling out. So we right. need to see that um, also. Those are big questions, obviously, again, for whoever wins. All right. Bloomberg's executive editor for international government, Ross Matheson, want to thank you for taking the time with us. And we are looking to see who winds up in the in the head of UK prime minister. That could happen as early as today. Karen.
Amy, it is 5.53 on Wall Street. Time for our Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Joan Doniger. Lawyers are among the workers pushing back against return-to-work orders. An American Bar Association survey finds 44% of lawyers with 10 years or less of experience say they will jump ship for a job that offers more freedom or remote work. Peloton is facing a lawsuit from Taiwan-based Johnson Health Tech. It charges Peloton's treadmills infringe three company patents. And a federal appeals court ruling means 13 states have to wait until an agency uses Biden administration estimates on the costs of greenhouse gases before charging those estimates cause harm. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Joan, thank you. Another legal story we're watching. The insular cases are a series of rulings from the 1900s, which are almost universally described as racist, establishing that people in U.S. territories don't have all the constitutional rights of Americans. Conservative Neil Gorsuch has described them as shameful and based on ugly racial stereotypes. Gorsuch and liberal justice Sonia Sotomayor have called for them to be overruled. Yet the Supreme Court turned down a case involving American Samoa that could have done just that. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Anne LaFazzo, a constitutional law professor at the University of West Virginia Law School. So these insular cases, conservative Justice Neil Gorsuch and liberal Justice Sonia Sotomayor, have both expressed concern about the insular cases remaining on the books. But neither of them dissented here. Well, there's a couple of things going on here. They may not have had the votes. To overturn the precedent. So why even go there? There were also a lot of problems with this case. Samoa is very unique. It wasn't part of the original insular cases. So they could decide this case purely on constitutional grounds and not go to the insular cases. There is no split in the circuits on this issue either. Six courts have looked at it. All six have agreed. Second of all, when the Supreme Court takes a case. It doesn't just take it because it thinks it's an important federal issue. There's what's a good vehicle for deciding this case. That means there aren't any extraneous issues that could prevent them from coming into a conclusion. They don't even have to look at the insular cases to decide this. So that's why it would be considered a poor vehicle for revisiting the insular cases. Politics are also involved here. Might that be another reason the court didn't take this case. Currently, there are negotiations between the United States and Samoa about how to best preserve the Samoan way of life. And so there's a lot of concern among the Samoans and the government of Samoa that a birthright citizenship might disrupt their way of life. The Samoan people right now have not reached a consensus as to whether or not they want to have citizenship. And there's a streamlined process for people born in Samoa to become U.S. citizens. So that means that many Samoans might say, well, we still don't want the birthright. If an individual wants to become a U.S. citizen, they can. It will be very easy. And I know many of us in the United States might think, why would anyone not want to be American (laughs) citizens? But some people don't. So I think that's also important to respect. And that was one of the points that the brief for the Samoan government made is like, why would we want this court by judicial fiat to impose U.S. citizenship on every person born in Samoa where right now there is not a political consensus. 
So it would almost be colonization in a different way by judicial fiat, saying now you are automatically U.S. citizens. And so there is this political dimension that perhaps the court didn't want to weigh in on. And that's Anne LaFazzo, a professor at the University of West Virginia Law School, speaking to Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview, plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. S&P futures, they have been trimming their gains. They're up four points right now. Dow futures up 33, and NASDAQ futures are now little changed. The DAX in Germany is up nine-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 10.30 seconds, yield 4.17%, and the yield on the two-year, 4.47%. NYMEX crude oil is down one-and-a-half percent. And, uh, again, S&P futures are higher, up three. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.